Hi, this is the Seattle Mama Doc Podcast, and I'm Dr. Wendy Sue Swanson. We all work so hard to perfect how we pull off parenthood, and often we may not feel good enough. I'm here to help you face these challenges head on. One of the things we do as parents is we partner with health professionals, so pediatricians and ER docs and nurse practitioners and family docs, on using antibiotics for our kids and in our lifestyles at different times when our kids need them. Bottom line, whenever you can avoid using antibiotics in your home and in your food source and in your body, you want to. And the reason is we don't want bugs that are resistant, so bacteria in general, that are resistant to antibiotics to grow and thrive. The more that we use antibiotics, bacteria out there that are resistant to them will thrive and populate. And really the experts are concerned that there was a pre-antibiotic time, so before penicillin was ever introduced in the mid you know, 20th century, there was a time when people died a lot earlier, right? The, you know, at the turn of the century, the life expectancy was only in the 40s, right? And now life expectancy is, is in the 70s. And that happened in a century. And the, you know, real theories around why that is, is sanitation with water, antibiotic use, and vaccines. But the concern is that it, we're in this antibiotic period now where we use them and we overuse them a lot. And I'll talk about that. And that we're going to come into a time, hopefully never in our lifetime, but could be in the lifetime of our children or grandchildren, where we don't have very many antibiotics at work because of the so-called superbugs. Superbugs aren't different than other bacteria. They're not bigger. They are just kind of, they have outsmarted it. And it's not even that they change. They're just different species of bacteria that are allowed to prosper because in an environment of antibiotics, they can tolerate it and make it and live. So the bottom line when it comes to parenting and thinking about antibiotics is that the more antibiotics our kids have in their childhood, The more good bacteria we kill that live on their skin, that live in their gut, that support their immune system, that are in their mouth, that are in their tummies. And as we kill off those good bacteria, we change what's called their microbiome. And that's really just all the numbered bacteria that live on us and in us that keep us healthy. We also have data that even one course of antibiotics changes the likelihood of chronic inflammatory diseases later in life. So, I mean, antibiotics are not just good and you don't want to just get rid of an ear infection quickly if if we know that there are longer standing side effects to them. And if we know certain times that we can avoid using them and kids will still do well. We think somewhere around 50%, five zero, half of antibiotics used are not needed or they're used ineffectively. So that means that antibiotics used in the clinic or even the hospital, half the time they're doing it to just prevent things, but they're not used in responsible ways. So they're what are called stewardship programs now in hospitals. And we have a, a number of infectious disease doctors at Children's, but across the country that are trying to help clinicians and care teams make really good decisions and get really smart about using antibiotics. Thing is, 2 million people every year in the United States have bacteria that are resistant to antibiotics. So that's a huge burden of disease, and over 20,000 people die every year because infections that they get can't be treated with antibiotics. Now, a lot of antibiotics are used in the clinical environment after really dangerous procedures that alter the immune system or are really invasive. So think of things like you know, kids or adults who have had chemotherapy and don't have a good immune system. We use a lot of antibiotics in them because these infections can come in and take over. In addition, you use a lot of antibiotics after surgery, for example, or joint replacement because you've gone into a body, you've opened things up, and you could contaminate that place and use antibiotics to make sure things don't grow. We won't be able to 
do some of those procedures moving forward if we don't have good antibiotics to do it. And antibiotics in general, of course, are not needed for most of the colds. So sore throats, runny nose, cough, and even lots of pneumonias are caused by viruses. They're not caused by bacteria. So you go in even with green and yellow snot, and that just doesn't mean that you've got bacteria. So if you're using antibiotics at that time, your kid might get better, and you'll be like, oh, the antibiotics helped. Well, no. If there's no bacteria there, the kid just got better because their immune system helped them get better. And you might misattribute them to the antibiotics. So we're working really hard on thinking about, you know, how do we improve that? First and foremost, know that kids over two who have ear infections and go in to see their pediatricians, the number one medicine they should use on day one and two is Tylenol or acetaminophen or Motrin, Advil or ibuprofen. So you want pain control because about 80% of these ear infections will go away without treatment. And so we don't treat kids now until they've had a diagnosed ear infection for a couple of days and it's not getting better. That's one way to avoid it. When you have a sore throat, unless you've got group A strep or strep throat, you typically hardly ever need an antibiotic. Most pharyngitis or sore throats are caused by viruses. So don't ever take an antibiotic without getting a strep test that's positive um, before doing that. And then there's all the kind of sinusitis, cough, quote-unquote bronchitis. Most of those in childhood and in the teen years don't need antibiotics, even if they go on for 10 or 14 days at times. So be really careful talking with the pediatrician or family doctor's practitioner if you get into a situation where someone's prescribing you an antibiotic. Ask, at what point do I really have to take the antibiotic and when can I allow my body to heal on their own? Antibiotics in agriculture is, is the next thing I want to chat about. I mean, and that is that, you know, we I've just talked a lot about the clinic use and the hospital use of antibiotics, but we know 80% of antibiotics that are used in this country are used in the raising of meat in raising animals, and only about 20% for human consumption. So when raising animals, there's a tonnage of antibiotics that are being used. And, you know, when you're raising an animal and using antibiotics, um, it doesn't make the meat healthier. It makes it just more affordable. You know, less animals, um, they can crowd animals into smaller spaces. They can raise more animals at once. They can mass produce meat when they're using antibiotic. So when you buy, um, you know, meat from the grocery store and you're getting it without antibiotics, you're getting a, a more actually naturally raised piece of meat that doesn't, not only doesn't have antibiotics in it, but it doesn't have the likelihood of carrying superbugs. So when you're raising meat using antibiotics, the contamination that could be in that meat is more likely to have superbugs in it than in meats that are raised without antibiotics. So one easy thing you can do for your family, and they're not often that much of a price difference, is to make sure that you are buying only meat that's raised without antibiotics. That means it's being raised in an environment where we're not brewing superbugs. Neither of the meat has antibiotics in it. It's just the different kind of bacteria that can contaminate the meat. And the last thing you want is to bring meat into your home that has superbugs in it. Meat is always a biohazard. I mean, I'm not kidding. We're not just talking about salmonella and the chicken. We're talking about anytime you have raw meat in your kitchen, anywhere that touches or any utensils you use with that raw meat have a risk of having bacteria in them and you don't want superbugs in it. So look for labels that indicate that it's been raised antibiotic-free. And then, goodness gracious, it's Thanksgiving almost. So make sure one of the priorities you can do is tell everybody you know and make the priority to shape demand of just buying an antibiotic-free turkey. So 
This in total is how we can be smart parents when it comes to antibiotics. I've recently done a podcast about antibiotic soap. So the FDA has basically banned about 19 different ingredients that have gone into soaps that were labeled antibiotic, you know, filled soap. No better and no safer for your family to have it. So get rid of that. Don't use antibiotics for viral infections and make sure you're working with your pediatrician to avoid antibiotics when you can. That even includes ear infections when kids are over the age of two. Antibiotics kill the good bacteria just as much as they kill bad bacteria. And antibiotics carry side effects that include rashes, significant diarrhea, and even allergies. So avoiding their use when you can avoid it is great and will even decrease the likelihood of some inflammatory conditions as your kids get older. Every single dose of antibiotics that you avoid using in childhood is good for your child's health when you can do it. Antibiotics are good for severe bacterial and invasive bacterial infections, but we don't want to use them and we don't have to. Um, you know, don't save antibiotics for the next illness. So, you know, I think antibiotics always feel a little out of reach and we can get a little desperate. Don't have a medicine cabinet full of like half-used antibiotics. It's never going to be good for your kid's health and it's truly never going to be good for yours to partially treat infections that allow superbugs to grow, but to use them when you don't need them. And then just make sure when you're discarding medicines, one other thing we want to do is not put antibiotics into the water source and not put it back into agriculture um, like it is when they're when people are, you know, farmers are raising meat. So when you're disposing of old antibiotics, um, I'm going to include some blog posts. We have one on Seattle Mama Doc to help you do that. You can mix them with coffee grinds and dispose of them one way, but you can also dispose of antibiotics at your local pharmacy. So just bring them there. Don't dump them in the toilet or throw them in the trash can. That will get back in the environment where the food that we eat is raised and the animals that we also sometimes eat um, are exposed as well. We can get much smarter about using antibiotics. This is not just on the shoulders of doctors and healthcare providers. It's also on the shoulders of we parents to really work actively, to not bring them into our house when we don't need them, to choose meat that isn't raised using antibiotics, and to not use products advertised um, as antibacterial when they're unnecessary. Whew. Reality is, parenting is such a high-stakes job. But the good news is, you've got this. Thanks for listening. The Seattle Mama Doc Podcast episodes air every single week. I'm always interested in hearing what you have to say, what was helpful, and what you want to learn more about. Reach out to me on Twitter at Seattle Mama Doc, on my Facebook, Seattle Mama Doc, or at seattlemamadoc.com. Tell me what you want to learn. Tell me if you want to join me and point me to experts you'd love to learn more from. 